Hey, folks. You are listening to Kootenai Co-op Radio. CJLY 93.5 in Nelson. And we are here for the next hour with our show, Query. And I'm your host, Axel, today. Our other hosts, Bria and Shaz, are not in the studio today. However, we are lucky to be joined by a very special guest, my own flesh and blood, one of my three sisters, my fellow middle child, Rachel. Uh, She graciously accepted my invitation to co-host with me today. Which is awesome, because otherwise I would be sitting here by myself, yammering on. I have been away for the past three weeks, so Shaz and Bria have been holding it down in Query Radio Town as I was on the coast visiting my boo, and then I was studying somatic therapy. And now I'm back to be gay on the radio. So welcome, Rachel. Thanks for being here. It was an honor to be asked. Thank you for having me. Rachel is a superstar. She is one of my favorite people in the world. And Oh my god, I'm blushing. We are famous in Nelson as a acoustic duo at Pride. I didn't time. know we were famous. We we are. Okay. We really are. People sometimes approach me on the street and they're like, "Oh, you're that singer." because once upon a time like we played at an open mic yeah for pride the pride coffee house yeah we've done it a couple times we've done it a couple times a couple open mics people remember because it's special i actually wish that we had a ukulele here today but only save it for another show Mm -hmm. so we are broadcasting on sinaiq's territory and i am a settler here and very grateful to be and yeah, just wanted to acknowledge the land that we're on that is facilitating this conversation and that inspires me to show up in good ways and walk in this world uh, with intention. And yeah, a lot of gratitude. In today's show, we are going to be chatting about various topics and maybe giving out some unskilled advice because we can do that. We have unskills, right, Rachel? (laughs) We have few skills. What are some of your skills? What are some of my skills? Well, I, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Suddenly I'm just like in the spotlight and I don't know what to say. You're a great listener. I am a great listener. Thank you. I'm a great listener. Uh, My main the one thing that came up to me is that I'm a great knitter. Oh, yeah. I love knitting. What are you working on right now? Uh, I'm between projects right now. Um, I am planning some wrist warmers uh, for a special someone. And I just have to, I don't know, do that. Cool. Well, good luck. Let's Get on with our show. What were you up to last night, Rachel? Well, last night was uh, Valentine's Day. So I was attending the beautiful queer love event at the Royal in support of Kootenai Pride, um, which was super fun. I haven't been into the new Royal since it was 
the new royal. I haven't been into the royal since it was new. New. <laughs> since it was painted those beautiful abstracty colors. And I was really glad to be there. Yeah, it was really cool. I kept saying to people like, wow, it's so nice to have pride events happening not over Labor Day weekend. <laughs> um, it's nice to be gay in the winter time as well. And it's it's given me a little bit of life, and it was nice to get on the dance floor mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Have that opportunity to be surrounded by the queers. Yeah, a little brush of fret, brush of fret there. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the brush exactly of the fret. So today on our show, just to give you a little preview. We are going to be talking about being sisters and being queer and some things that go along with that and our relationship with that. As well, we're going to get into a little bit about asexuality. What does that mean? What does that look like? We just had Valentine's Day. Is everybody jiving for the loves? We'll explore more of that. We'll find out. And then... Oh my gosh, this is going to be a great show. We're going to talk a little bit about polyamory, which I think Shaz is going to be really jealous that <laughs> he's not here to join that combo. But we can always continue continue another time. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to wrap up with some unskilled advice. So stay listening. Yeah, definitely uh, tune in for that part because it's going to be great going to be super great as we mentioned we are very unskilled in a lot of things but somewhat skilled in living so yeah shaz last night actually said that i am one of the smartest people that he knows wow so i'm putting that high praise high praise on my resume or something but for now we're going to give you a beautiful poem that i performed last night Mm. at the beautiful queer love event so if you missed it Here's your chance to catch up on the love of Andrea Gibson. I didn't write this poem, but I love it dearly, and I memorized it, and I said it last night, and it made people cry. So there you go. So boom. There you go. So this is Radio by Andrea Gibson featuring Jesse Thomas. Andrea Gibson is my celebrity crush. <laughs> I love them so much. Poetry. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's just something so lovely about the rhythm of the words being spoken and not just the words that are being spoken, the the feeling. I don't know. I noticed that last night when you were performing and just hearing the way that you were talking was just so soothing. Mm. (sighs) I really like it. Yeah. I love that poem because it has so much imagery in it. It's just Mm -hmm. like image after image after image. And it starts out and, you know, she's saying, turning the dial on the radio in my car. And then the last line is turning the dial on our radio. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, love. So, you and I are sisters. We are. And we are queer. Yes. Kind of like Tegan and Sarah. 
A little bit like Tease and Sarah, but not are, twins. Well, no. I mean, but people sometimes think we're twins. People have said that before. Depends on what our haircuts are at the time. Yeah. Sometimes we accidentally get the same haircut. It's not intentional. <laughs> but it's a good haircut. It's a good haircut. I recently asked Rachel if it would be okay if I got glasses that were really similar to hers. And My only objection is that the twin thing is going to come up again for sure if we have the same glasses. <laughs> you can't win them all. Someone actually last night asked if our other sister was my partner. <laughs> <laughs> And then was like, you're the person from the music video. And I was like, what are you talking about? There was, it was a confusion. Okay. I don't think I'm just like, I've you started ever... a music video and you just didn't tell me? No, I don't think I've ever been in a music video. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> nothing else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing. Not a thing else. We said it all in the last uh, 26 years. So we're done talking. Please enjoy the next hour of silence. <laughs> we have some other things in common. Mm-hmm. We are both Torians. <laughs> I hate that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the astrological lingo. I don't like it. There's a, I don't know why. <laughs> this made me feel like... <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll, I'll take it back. We are both Taurus people <laughs> is that better i guess so i mean i don't know why we can't just say we're both tauruses i know that it makes an awkward like okay well that makes it fine we're both born under the star sign taurus and we're both middle children we are we have uh we're of four children uh i have an elder sister we both have an elder sister and then it's me and then axel and then our youngest sister So we're just bound together by that middle child syndrome. So my next question is, why do you think we're gay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good question. I mean, why is anyone gay? Do you think it's because of girl guides? I mean, I think that that is a common denominator of both of our uh, history and um, probably a contributing factor, but I wouldn't lay the um i wouldn't give them that much credit honestly were you gonna say lay the blame Lay the blame. there's no blame here there's no blame <laughs> absolutely not um i would not give them the credit of turning us gay it couldn't have hurt though no no hanging out once a week two hours all girls camping all girls marshmallows <laughs> Whew, those marshmallows they just get you yeah i think it's really interesting because For me, I can only speak for my own experience, but sexuality is such a whole universe of possibilities. And I Mm -hmm. feel like there's a universe of axles, parallel universe of axles out there who like might identify super differently given different life circumstances and, you know, Mm -hmm. exposure to different ideas and possibilities because I remember very clearly hmm. really identifying as straight. I remember that as well. As a young person. It was a funny time for me. You remember identifying yourself no, as straight? No, I remember it when me? you identified as straight. When you thought that you were so straight. Did I? Did I was I publicly out as straight? <laughs> 
well, I'm embarrassed now. Oh, uh, I don't. I just feel. I mean, maybe it was because of. Um, no, I think I definitely remember a conversation, and you know, stop me if you don't want to talk about your first relationship, but <laughs> the one that turned you gay. Um, but I just remember when you started having these feelings for this person of, I guess, same or similar gender. Um, the main drawback was just like, but I'm straight. Like, I think you actually said that to me, but like, I can't understand why I'm feeling this way. Cause I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. It was a really confusing time. Yeah. And I, I remember actually also thinking like, well, it's not that I'm gay. Mm. It's just that I'm into this one particular yeah. person. Exactly. And it doesn't matter how that person identifies their gender it's not about what their gender is. It's just about the person. Mm -hmm. And if this person identified as a guy, then that would make sense to me, <laughs> but they don't. So mm. whatever. And going through this, like, Oh my gosh, am I bisexual? And I really like had the like about that word when I first had it in my brain yeah. of like, maybe that's me. But then I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, there's something like, weird about the word i mean and like all of all of those words that we use like bisexual and homosexual and heterosexual like the fact like the sexual part of it is just like that's not you know like it just doesn't feel comfortable yeah totally because it really wasn't about sex yeah too. like it was it's just so mm-hmm concept heart feels yeah. you know and yeah i don't know mm -hmm. um yeah what was that what was that like for you because you had come out pretty recently i guess yeah maybe within like six months it was the same year mm -hmm. that you came out and then like some Twinning. months later <laughs> i was like oh by the way yeah. i have a girlfriend and i'm straight <laughs> what is going on what does it all mean? I mean, I don't know. I don't really remember like really consciously thinking of labels um, during that time. I I don't even really remember what I was thinking of like immediately preceding the moment when I was just like, when I said the words out loud, like I like girls. Like I don't really, I don't, I can't think of a time when I was um, questioning or curious or unsure. It was just like one day I was just like, this isn't really something I'm thinking about. And the next day I just knew that that was true for me. Was there any resistance where you were like, uh, no, that's not real. No, I was just like, that's the way it is. Take it or leave it. Hmm. And did you like, were you one of those, folks who like could identify early on like in your life like you're five years old and you had a crush on somebody and did you look back and be like wow that was super gay no I mean like literally it just like I said it just felt like one day I was not I just didn't think about it and I don't like when I look back I hear those stories of people who are just like yeah like I really wanted to kiss my friend when I was five and um and I'm just like, no, no, just doing Rachel, just doing Rachel, just living life. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I had a question that I wanted to ask, but it's gone. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back to you. Oh, yeah. Did you feel like I was copying you? No. Were you like, ah, oh, Alec Axel's stealing my thunder? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, Were you like, I knew it. Sorry, I'm making this all about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I I mean, what part of my life is not about you? Um, but <laughs> I... No, I don't think so. I I guess because I didn't have that internal struggle, I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like I had to make more space for myself for this part of my identity because it was just so much of a non-issue for me it was just like whatever so that it didn't matter to me I mean it mattered to me because like I love you and you're my sister and you know I want you to follow your heart bliss and whatever but um it wasn't like oh Axel is being such a brat I don't know it was just like okay Axel's experiencing experiencing their own um experience right now and it's not related to the experience that I uh, am having that's chill. Yeah. Chill I wouldn't want to steal your thunder, but <laughs> retroactively. I mean, it was a long time ago, so you the, can't really control if you stole it or not. The more the merrier. <laughs> exactly. To the, to the gays. Artists ages 15 to 24 are invited to submit visual or media artwork to be considered for a professional juried exhibition at Oxygen Art Center opening in April 2020. We invite young artists to select finished work or produce new work that addresses the theme, If I Can't Dance to It, It's Not My Revolution. The deadline to submit an application is Friday, February 28, 2020. This exhibition will pay professional artist fees and is open to young artists working in all mediums. Submissions will be accepted by mail, email, or hand delivery and should be addressed to Oxygen Art Center. By email, info at oxygenartcenter.org attention juried youth art show submission by mail or drop off oxygen art center number 3a 320 vernon street nelson bc v1l 4e4 that seems super relevant to my last week which a lot of time was spent for me why am I talking in the passive voice? That's weird. I spent a lot of time supporting some of the solidarity actions that were happening in town with the Wet'suwet'en Nation who are opposing the Coastal Gaslings Pipeline going through their sovereign territory and having a lot of intervention by the state, the RCMP, mm. coming in to remove them, which is in direct contravention of the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People, which our own governments have signed on to. So it's a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, last week there was a group of local folks who <coughs> occupied the Bank of Montreal in Nelson on Sinai's territory and were demanding that the bank stop supporting the pipeline. They've invested over $4 billion in this pipeline. Yikes. Yeah. And they are also a stakeholder. So 
they would profit from eggs. the pipeline. And that's not cool. And it was interesting to be there and to be interacting with the customers of the bank who were trying to go about their banking and the frustration of being inconvenienced by the protest and being inconvenienced. And to an extent, like, I really was like, yeah, this sucks. I mean, I wish you could go deposit your check and do the things you need to do. And I hope that you can call the customer service number and get that taken care of because we got to pay bills. That's the world we live in. And also, yeah, inconvenience is not comparable to cultural genocide and being forcibly removed from your home and from your land and put in jail. So I also encourage people to think about that when they're feeling inconvenience, whether there's a rail blockade or a port blockade or a road blockade or various sit-ins that are just so inconvenient that you have to go around them that, yeah, we should be inconvenienced because colonization is ongoing and it's more than inconvenient to a lot of people and yeah that's that's what i have to say about that and also this past friday there was the memorial march for missing and murdered indigenous women and girls that happens every year in vancouver and there was also a march in castlegar this year mm-hmm. to hold accountable the various bodies the rcmp and the government that have declared that this is a really serious problem that indigenous women and girls are at such high risks higher risks than non-indigenous women and girls of going missing being murdered experiencing violence and it's a day to honor and remember those that are missing and those Mm -hmm. that are gone and to call on ourselves and each other and on those in power to do better. And yeah, I couldn't be at the March, but I, my heart was there and Mm -hmm. yeah, prayers and yeah. And I actually, um, was coincidentally driving through downtown Castlegar this morning and I drove by the RCMP, um, station, I guess it's there. And there were, Lots of red dresses and red streamers that were hanging on the station. And it was a really powerful visual of the loss and the anger and confusion and frustration that is happening um, in this this issue. I don't know how to transition. <laughs> Shaz always does awkward transitions. Yeah. Where he's like, and now this. Sorry, Shaz, <laughs> I'm calling you out on the radio. Um, I mean, that would be a strength in this. I think that's a good, you know, you go from something really heavy to something, you know, less heavy, not important, not as, not, not, not important, but, you know. So it was February 14th, <laughs> Valentine's Day, a day of love. I don't think I've, like, I think this is the first time. That I've kind of been in a relationship on Valentine's Day. Yeah, same. It was weird. Mm -hmm. I was like, should this mean something? Yeah. Should I be doing more to to stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Strange. But Mm -hmm. yeah, we wanted to talk about 
people with different experiences of of love and sexuality and um not everybody is into the like romantic scene mm-hmm. or the sexual scene mm-hmm. which does seem to come up a lot at queer events which i think it is really important to be vocal and knowledgeable and informative about uh, different kinds of sexual interactions and how to be safe about that. But it can be alienating to people who aren't sexual and who aren't comfortable with being sexual and who don't want to engage in that in a public sphere. Um, That's something I've noticed over some of the pride events. Yeah. Like there was a kissing booth at the event last night. And I Mm -hmm. imagine that like, not everybody that's queer wants to go make out over a countertop yeah. yeah, with people. And that might bring up some intense feelings for people as well to like witness mm. in a public space. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about what is asexuality or a romanticism and like the whole spectrum of that and different ways people may identify? Yeah. Um, I mean, my understanding is that asexuality is a spectrum. And what that means um, is that it's someone who does not experience sexual attraction. Um, in And again, on a spectrum, maybe they experience sexual attraction in certain situations or for certain people, or maybe they never feel that way. Um, and then on the other side of that is aromanticism, which is similar um, in the way that someone who identifies as aromantic may not feel a romantic attraction to someone. Um, or they, yeah, I'm not as familiar with aromanticism, um, but that's kind of my Yeah, it vibe. definitely, I, f- I find it, like, interesting to think about because it really brings up this, like, what does it mean to be romantic? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be romantically attracted to someone versus sexually attracted to someone? And does romance mean like a relationship that you kind of want to have like an emotional connection to them? Whereas the sexuality part is more about just the the body's chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the body. The body. But yeah, I think it's helpful in certain ways to separate those two things. Mm-hmm for me because I definitely have had experiences of being romantically attracted to someone or wanting to be like affectionate and sweet and like hold hands and do cute things together, but not been interested in sexual connecting Mm -hmm. or the opposite where like, I don't really feel an emotional connection with someone, but I'm like, dang, that person's hot. And it would be Mm -hmm. nice to just explore that without having Mm -hmm. the kind of, emotional entanglement Mm -hmm. or feels like the crushy feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that just reminds me of different ways to have relationships, different ways to engage in relationships with different people um, like polyamory. Um, Mm. Yeah. It's interesting because when you, if you don't experience sexual attraction to someone, Mm -hmm. I imagine like to, to to anyone or to other people or like are on that spectrum of kind of like maybe this isn't as big a part of your life as we're kind of conditioned and programmed to think by mm-hmm. media and cultural experiences that like you gotta find your person and they gotta be your everything and you gotta have sexy times with them and like have babies and stuff yeah and you'll instantly feel that connection and just want to smoosh 
mm-hmm. and then you'll spend happily ever after together and yeah also i guess just like what sex looks like in movies and in like rom-coms and popular culture and like smooshing bodies and like zero to one hundred thousand percent in two seconds and if you don't have that experience which i don't know who has that experience honestly but it makes you have to question like okay well what else you know Mm -hmm. how am i gonna do life yeah it can be really confusing to realize that that is not something that you're connected to and then you start thinking like is there something wrong with me do i just need to meet the right person and suddenly like everything will be great and you obviously can't see the air quotes that i'm doing but you know they're happening um and it can be really damaging to some people to feel that way um so polyamory kind of opens up this well maybe i don't have to be in a monogamous romantic sexual committed thing with one person maybe i can have other options going on Mm -hmm. yeah um as someone who's who identifies as asexual um i have struggled with that in the past with my partner. Um, the My feeling of I'm not able to provide everything that this person wants. Um, and that has been, though not intended in this fashion, polyamory has been a good solution for that um, because my partner is able to get what she needs from her other partner uh, in the physical side of things. And I don't feel that pressure to perform um, that I am putting on myself. So that is really comforting to me and feels good. Yeah. And there's sort of this opening up as well of other relationships can be important as well. Mm-hmm. And just because you're not having sex with someone doesn't mean that they can't mean a whole heck of a lot to you. Yeah, exactly. So sounds pretty great. You know, you've got your partner, you're happy, you get to do your relationship the way that you want to, and your partner has her partner and they get to do their relationship the way that they want to. And that seems to flow. But what's hard about it? Well, one of the trickiest things is communicating sometimes. And it's hard enough being in relationship with just one person and having to figure out and muddle and talk about the best ways that you guys are going to relate to each other. And then you're including this whole other person, even if you're not in immediate relationship with them their relationship with your partner is affecting your relationship with your partner. Um, And there can be a lot of feelings about that. And sometimes they're really good feelings and sometimes they're really challenging feelings. Um, Jealousy can come up. 
um, feelings of loneliness if the other partner is having more time with your partner. Um, yeah, it can be a lot to deal with and to figure out. So polyamory is not just a band-aid to be like, everything's great, free love for everyone. Mm -hmm. Do your relationships the way you want. Yeah, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of intention. Um, Not to say that monogamous relationships also don't require that work, but you do have to be really open about what is going on for you and what your feelings are about everything and asking questions and asking your other partner what they need and yeah finding out the best way to 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 live with them and to live with that feeling and that love something that I've been really interested in last weekend I was in the first module of a course that I'm doing in relational somatic therapy which is all the vogue in Nelson right now it's a kind of body-based counseling modality that works with the felt sense of having a body and like working Mm. with rather than kind of the more cognitive thinking about feeling it's like feeling about feeling and and allowing more space for feeling to happen and for more choices to arise by just noticing what is and accepting and being with sensation and and emotion and I think it's really handy for polyamory but it's also really hard Mm. one of the things that I find really difficult about polyamory is that I have a lot of judgment of myself for things that I feel that I wish I didn't feel Mm. that I want to choose to not experience but it's part of my experience and I can't just be like no I don't like it. I'm going to turn that one off because it's real. It's part of how I'm experiencing life in my body. And it's inconvenient sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, I'm bad at Polly. And then I'm like, oh, Axel, don't judge yourself more for Mm -hmm. being not the best because that's not real. Yeah, it comes up differently for everyone and having and yeah, and having emotions about the way that other relationships are happening is totally natural. And the most important thing is just feeling that and being honest with yourself and being honest with your partner and telling them this is how I feel about this and we need to figure out how we're going to get how we're going to get going with it. And that can be really hard and it can be really scary, but sometimes you just got to do it. And that's that. Sometimes you just got to do it. Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Please put that on my uh, tombstone. (laughs) Rachel McGowan. Sometimes you just got to do it. (laughs) We all die. Sometimes you just got to do it. Another thing that I'm starting to think about with all of this is just like long distance relationships Mm. and how this adds another quality of maybe challenge. Mm -hmm. If 
you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say that that's generalized for everybody. I'm sure that there's people who are in long distance relationships that really suit them. I imagine, you know, if you're not that into like physical touch or like connecting in that way, that maybe it would be super chill. Or if you have a more casual connection with someone and it's super whatever to just see each other when you see each other and that can add value to your life without feeling like, oh, it sucks that we can't be together all the time. Mm-hmm. But that could be really cool too. Uh, however, <laughs> a lot of the times it can be an added challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think polyamory can both make things simpler not simpler but that you can if you yeah want to express yourself sexually with another person or have experiences of physical closeness with other people and you're like away from a partner that polyamory can be a great place that it's like okay well we can like get our needs met in other ways Mm -hmm. um but then that can also be really challenging because it adds this dynamic of what you were talking about of like, oh, I want to have that with my partner or like feelings of jealousy coming up. Uh, what is jealousy? What does that mean to you? Well, so far in my experience, my jealousy has come up in resentment of time being spent with another partner and not with me. Um, And the closeness that is building between my partner and another person that is not being built with me, that makes me feel jealous. Mm -hmm. And is there a place in your body that the jealousy lives? Well, I don't know. Um, Sorry, I just had a thought about that because I had, um, at the end of 2019, I got laryngitis and I was doing all the things. I was, uh, you know, not talking. I was taking lots of supplements and herbal remedies and my voice just wasn't coming back. And then someone at work said to me, maybe there's something that you're not saying to someone and it is causing you to be silenced and I was like okay well well that sounds super woo woo but you know I'm pretty desperate right now I am pretty desperate right now so um I guess I'm gonna have to talk about my feelings and so I did sit down with my partner and I talked to her about the the feelings of jealousy and resentment that I had and the next week I got my voice back Um, so I don't know where that, what exactly that means, if that's based in science at all, but it, I, it was living inside me. And after I voiced it, I started getting better. That's a very literal metaphor message. I know. From your body. It was very interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Just like, um, you're not gonna say this okay then you say nothing (laughs) you can't say anything anymore yeah okay cool well we are going to play another song and 
on the topic of long distance and the feels of being apart and the longing and the waiting and the patience. It's all about the longing. This is a song by A.W. Um, and it's called Wait For Me. I forgot what it felt like I feel so alive I'm packing my suitcase I'm changing my mind I forgot what it's like to look The things you want right between the eyes It's never been so hard to say goodbye All of the feelings That's pretty real Mm. So, unskilled advice. It's time for our last segment before we close the show. Unskilled advice. Da, na, 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 na. So, continuing on this theme of long distance, we have a question from a listener. Ooh, it's exciting. Who asked just generally about long distance and how to do that in a good way. Feeling like Valentine's Day brings up some feels of like, oh, I just mm-hmm. want to be with my sweetie and I can't. So what do I do? There's so many hard feelings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's real. Rachel. You're sometimes in distance with your partner. I am. My partner travels for work. Yeah, sometimes for extended periods Mm -hmm. of time. Yeah, and it can be really challenging. Do you have any advice for all of us? (laughs) Everyone? Everyone listening? Wow, everyone listening. Um, Well, this is an ongoing learning of mine. Um, because I definitely, when we first got together, I definitely told myself that it didn't bother me that she was gone for a long time. And that was a lie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh, the self-deception. So I have, I have stopped telling myself that lie and I've embraced the fact that it's hard. Um, and so I think that the most important thing to, to do when you are away from your partner for short for a short time or especially for a long time is to um, stay in touch with them and communicate with them and that can look in whatever way is comfortable for you but for me and my little Taurus organized uh, planning brain it means setting up times to talk and um, making plans for when we see each other again Um, and just being honest about what you're feeling and what you're doing and who you're doing it with. If you are engaging in uh, polyamorous relationships outside of your relationship with the person that you're in. I don't want to say primary relationship because that doesn't, that's not true for everyone that there's a primary and a secondary relationship, but um yeah. Yeah, totally. I realized last weekend that I have been in 
multiple long distance relationships and that they've all had some stuff come up (laughs) (laughs) and that there's been a pattern of not just romantic relationships but also friendships like long distance Mm -hmm. friendships of the other person dropping off the face of the planet sometimes with no explanation Mm. and not communicating about that and just not responding to any messages for weeks to months this has happened to me that's a nightmare multiple times like my life just flashed before my eyes a lot of times i'm so sorry (laughs) and so i have this kind of trauma response to Mm. this happening i've noticed like if there's any sign i feel like i'm like constantly like oh must Mm. solve this before this Mm. happens again yeah and that can be i don't want to like cut you off but like that that impulse to like solve things can be really bad in my opinion. Like I've, I've, I've started to come back cause I'm really also a solver and I'm just like, if I can fix this problem then I will feel better. And that is not always constructive and you can't always solve things. Totally. And like, sometimes I've realized that just sitting with what I'm experiencing and allowing it to be and being mm-hmm. like, I feel really uncomfortable. I feel terrible. I, hate this and then like you go to sleep eventually and then you wake up and maybe something's changed or like maybe Mm. there's a new realization or whatever or maybe you were just hungry jk sometimes you're hungry but sometimes you have real feelings one thing that going back to what you were saying about long distance relationships and like planning times to connect Mm -hmm. and making sure to be intentional about that i yeah, I think that's super important and to treat those plans as if they're like real plans because mm-hmm. they are real plans. Yeah. Just because they're not like physical in-person plans doesn't mean that they have any less importance. Totally. And it can feel like if you have like a phone call that's scheduled with someone and then something comes up in like their other life Mm -hmm. the rest of their life and suddenly they're like oh like maybe we could just reschedule because it's just a phone call Mm -hmm. if that happens a lot that can feel really terrible yeah and like yeah it's nice to be treated like the ways that you can connect are like real Mm -hmm. quality time to spend together Mm -hmm. i also have a little space in my journal where i write down sweet things that I have received from my love Mm -hmm. and like text messages that I've like copied down or um, like parts of letters. And then when I'm feeling really sad, I like go to this place in my journal and I like read all the nice comforting things and they're all in one place. Mm -hmm. And I find that really helpful to be like, okay, I'm, we're not here together, but like there's still all this, evidence Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's actually that's actually um really interesting and it reminded me um in my relationship it's the same Uh, my partner travels quite a lot um and we it's hard on both of us um but she always tends to bring me back something um and so i have a little shrine basically in my room that's these like little 
like beautiful things that she's brought me back. Like I have a little pumice stone from Hawaii and a little um, blown glass cuttlefish from Venice, um, which I, I don't really care for cuttlefish, but she's like super into them. So it just like brings <laughs> me this little smile whenever I see it. Um, and yeah, those are really good reminders of just like, even when we're not together, she is still thinking about me, which is really lovely. And, and it's sometimes really easy to forget that and like create these stories in your head of just like, oh, well, they can't, that person can't see me anymore. And they like forget that I exist. And so I don't matter to them. So who knows what they're doing? Um, so it is really nice to have those little like, no, no, no. Like this is the reality. This is what's actually happening. And it's good. That's so sweet. A little shrine. A little things to remind you. A little things to hold. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to have that uh, sense of having lots of reminders that there's that connection is still existing. And even if you can Mm -hmm. be with the person, we are coming up to the end of our show. Shucks. Thanks so much for coming in today, Rachel. It was very fun. It was very fun. I'm glad I said yes. During one of the songs, Rachel was like, I can't believe you do this every week. I know. Like, seriously, we're just sitting in this little room and it's just like, yeah, I'm going to just talk and talk. And every single week, y'all, that's a lot. Yeah. And it's it's actually we have to decide if we're going to renew the show. So listeners, if you're out there Mm -hmm. uh, and you want us to continue the show we have to decide by the end of the month so if you are hoping that we carry on then send us a message on facebook you can find us query with abs facebook we're also if you miss a show you can always catch up on spotify and apple podcasts and anchor.fm very handy because the show's at 10 p.m on sundays which is not a super great time to listen to the radio if you work on monday (laughs) yeah yeah, I think I'm going to be asleep. I hope I'm going to be asleep yeah, at that same. time. Oh, I know I have another late night tonight. I'm going to see um, Only Lovers Left Alive at the Civic tonight. Uh, the Civic Theater here in Nelson is doing You a can't advertise it because it's already happened not. by the time people oh, are listening to this. It. Well, it's an amazing movie and you'll love it anyway. But they're doing, But they are doing Best of the Decade. They're showing movies for the rest of the week that they've selected... Um, that are going to be um, playing, that are selected from the last 10 years of film. Um, Only Lovers Left Alive is only one of those films. And it's also playing again on Tuesday, I think. All right. Well, there's your unskilled advice from Rachel. (laughs) Go to the Civic. Go to the Civic. Watch movies. Watch movies. And thanks for listening. It's been a slice, and we are here every Sunday on Kootenai Cop Radio at 10 p.m., so catch you later. <laughs>